Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Guys, we're getting a little closer to some type of NFL happening, maybe. Uh, but there's still lots of lots of talking, lots of things to talk about at least as the off season kind of unfolds and we learn more about what what's going to happen and if there's going to be anything happening uh, with players on football fields anytime soon, although that seems a long ways away. We're all hopeful that it's close. In the meantime, we have one more run-through to do on our rookie stash, cash, and future trash. First, though, let's bring Ryan McDowell in. Ryan, how you doing? I am doing well, Dan. I, you're you're sounding very optimistic. It still it still feels like a long way until we have NFL action, but you're right. Still still lots to talk about for sure. Lots to talk about, and you know I, I I've tried to stay positive <laughs> through all of this. Uh, if there's you know baseball's talking about trying to come back, the uh, NBA has a plan for coming back that has been approved. It just feels like maybe we're taking baby steps towards something happening. If all that stuff happens in July, it feels like we're we could be on pace for an NFL season and maybe even a full one. Matt, how about you? How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I, w- I was all set to come on today and tell you guys how nice you were to me on last week's show. And then Ryan ruined it like right at the last like 30 seconds of the show. What? He just was mean right at the end. So what are you uh, I'm not going to do that. But Dan, you were very nice to me. Ryan, uh, we'll have to have some conversations. Yeah, we missed you, bud. It was it was rough. Uh, it was rough without you. It- Honestly, I think I can speak for both of us, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, speak for me, please. (laughs) (laughs) When you speak for yourself, you get into trouble, buddy. Uh, So before we get into the rookie stash, cash, and future trash, let's talk about the DLF Champions League. Matt, you've done one of these. Tell, Tell the folks about your experience. Yeah, the DLF Champions League is awesome. I love the format, the fact that in year three you is, is when the big prize happens. You know, it allows you to build that, like really build towards that 
that that that dynasty like we're all all trying to do uh lots of fun nice scoring setup uh, everyone that has been the league that that Bosch and I go in on we're very smart so it's not I don't think it's necessarily you know just just random people playing it I think it's people that are, are really experienced dynasty owners are getting into it so it's nice competition as well I think it's a really nice price point um and actually I'm I'm pretty sure Bosch and I are going to do another one here pretty soon once he finishes up Ooh. with all the uh, eliminator stuff of course, that stuff super flex. That's uh, tight end premium, and you know you spoke to how how nice, well rounded your league was, Matt. How there was some co- good competition in the league. That's probably because it's a lot of DLF subscribers. They're right. all they're all checking out the content, looking at that ADP, uh, spending time on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. If you guys are interested in joining one of those DLF champions leagues. Uh, just jump over to DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash Safe Leagues, and you can sign up today. You never know. Maybe you'll find Ryan, Matt, or myself uh, taking you on. I know Ryan and I are, are tinkering with the idea of uh, of doing a third one as well. So let's get to – let's talk about the AFC North, guys. We got we to gotta try to identify – some stashes, some some rookie cash players, the guys we really like to to produce in year one, or at least gain some value in their rookie season. And then, uh, as always, we try to we try to stay away from the trash players, but inevitably we'll find a few. We're gonna start in Baltimore with the Ravens guys. And Ryan, I'm gonna send it to you because I know you are a J.K. Dobbins guy. You like the value that he presents in rookie drafts. Tell me about Dobbins. Cash, stash, or future trash? I think he's he's cash for sure. Going 1.03 in rookie drafts, that's according to MFL ADP, pulling from uh, over 1,000 actual rookie drafts that have taken place. In our Dynasty Startup mock draft ADP, uh, Dobbins is a late second rounder and the RB13. Uh, so that that actually represents a little bit of a drop from last month. So maybe rookie fever wearing off a little bit. I certainly understand that. But Dobbins is absolutely a player uh, that I want on my team. And honestly, in a startup, he's a player I'm willing to to make one of my cornerstone players. I'm taking him in the, the late second or the early third round easily. Definitely a cash player. How about you, Matt? What do you think of Dobbins and his upside in Baltimore? Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan for the most part. There is a little bit of me that says, you know, maybe he doesn't. I, mean, I think he's going to get some protection in year one. But if we look at how they treated Justice Hill, I know completely different players. You know, I think there is a chance that um, they just decide to run Mark Ingram into the ground. But there's just so many ways he could get on the field. Ingram could get hurt. Um, you know, uh, and I, I don't think Hill is really going to have much of a role with, with, with Dobbins there now. So I do think he's cash with you know, maybe a little bit of asterisks, uh, depending on how they decide they want to want to treat him based on what they did with Justice Hill last year. The easy assumption that everyone has mentioned is that this would be Mark Ingram's last year with with the team. So according to our definition of cash, either a player that uh, pays off that that draft pick in year one with his production or a player that gains value over the first year, uh, I think Dobbins could check both of those boxes. And Honestly, I think he's just better than Mark Ingram, uh, and I don't think we'll have to wait until 2021 to put Dobbins in our starting lineups. And even if we do have to wait a year, Ryan, 
that upside, he's dripping with upside. Even if we have to, you know, give it a few months after uh, after the NFL season, you wait till a few months after the 2020 season ends, and his value is gonna gonna skyrocket. Uh, even if Ingram is still there by by some reason, uh, the the Ravens added a couple wide receivers as well. Ryan later in the draft, any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, Devin Duvernay is is certainly interesting. They they grabbed him in the third round, late in day three or day two, I should say, and I think that was that was a lot earlier than at least I expected him to go. I, I looked at Duvernay pre draft as as a day three player. So uh, landing in, uh, in a good situation where they do have a need at the wide receiver position, landing with one of the best young quarterbacks in the league and getting that earlier than expected draft capital. Um, I, I love do, I love the situation for Duvernay and, and actually just surprised that his, that his rookie ADP is so low, still hanging in that third, third round range for sure. Yeah, he's my. I'm pretty sure I have to double check the numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's my most owned rookie from from this season, just because of how late you can get him, and he goes right into that slot role where you know Lamar Jackson had so much success in, in year one. So I'm really excited to see what he does there. Just we'll go ahead and throw James Prochet into this too. Uh, you know, it's it, it is a little bit interesting that that they they doubled up on that slot position, but maybe it is because of Lamar Jackson's tendency to do so well uh, throwing throw into that position. But I think e- even with that, you know, basically going undrafted in rookie drafts, the 601 is what we have him at. I, I think that even with that later draft price basically free, I'd still rather have Duvernay in the late third than I would, you know, picking up Prochet in, in, the, in the early sixth or on my waiver wire or something like that. Yeah, it, you mentioned that it's unique that they would double dip at the slot position, you know, and you wonder to yourself, okay, you know, in the past they've they've run out three tight ends at a time. Are they gonna are they gonna move these wide receivers in and out a lot? Are they gonna get a little more creative with the offense? I think the the chances that that both of those guys hit is is unlikely at the very least. I, I agree with you guys though. Duvernay has has more upside, and he's certainly a guy that should be on everybody's radars, especially in the third round in rookie drafts. How about the Cincinnati Bengals, Matt? We'll throw this one to you. Uh, they're, they were busy early in the draft, adding adding players to bonify this passing game. And, of course, it started with Joe Burrow at quarterback in the first round with the number one pick. And then they let off round two with the wide receiver, T. Higgins. Uh, a couple big names going to Cincinnati. What are your thoughts here? I don't think we mentioned what category Duvernay was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say cash uh, just to go back to that real quick. But Burrow, I think he is a cash player by our the part of our definition where he's gonna produce in year one. But I don't think he is in terms of gaining value. Uh, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. If you have some June ADP for him, but in May he was quarterback seven already. Like that is that is already a pretty high price. I'm not saying it's not warranted necessarily, but it is tough to see him eclipse those guys ahead of him. Maybe he can move up one spot above Russell Wilson at six, but I don't see him, you know, coming coming close to to taking over from those top five guys. Um, so I'll say he's cash, but only based on that that one part of the definition. Yeah, he's still in that same range, Matt. Uh, in in our latest ADP, in that kind of mid range QB one, like you said, he he's not. Certainly not cracked the top five and hasn't eclipsed Russell Wilson yet either, which uh, I guess where he should be or or at the top part of where he should be. Would you take him over Russell Wilson? No, no, that's okay. what I was. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what I was trying to say. He should should not be a, ahead of Russell Wilson at this point, uh, for sure. So 
looking at it that way, it's going to be hard for Burrow to gain value, but I agree with you, Matt. I do think he produces in year one, uh, loaded up the weapons for him, not only the guys that are returning, but uh, T. Higgins in the second round as well. So uh, I'm good with Burrow as a cash play. And, and just to go back to Duvernay, I missed him as well. Uh, I'll call him a stash. I, um, not sure he's going to produce in, in year one necessarily, but do like him long term. I certainly think Burrow is a cash player as well. Big time upside. I, I hope Cincinnati treats him good and continues to put these weapons around him and just protects him, keeps him upright so we can we can let him progress and uh, help out all these dynasty players that are picking him so high. Some Sometimes even in the first round in single quarterback leagues, rookie drafts, uh, we see him sneak into the bottom of that, that first round. Uh, so lots of dynasty players think he's a cash player for sure. How about Higgins, guys? Uh, feels like he's another guy that could gain value. A.J. Green, of course, is older and may not be long for Cincinnati. Uh, there's there's the potential that T. Higgins gets on the field early and often. Do we think he's a cash player, or are we going to have to stash him for just a bit, Ryan? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Higgins a stash player. I, I do think he will be ready to take over for... Uh, for A.J. Green, if, if we want to assume that this is Green's final season in Cincinnati. So I think he'll be ready, certainly, in 2021. But right now he's being drafted uh, in, in the seventh round. Certainly not uh, not a cheap player. Not somebody you would normally – or that's, that's not a range of a, a pick you would normally consider a stash. But uh, I think that's, that's where Higgins is for now. I think we could be looking at this ADP a year from now and still be looking at him – as a as a seventh or eighth rounder yeah i think he i I agree i think he's a stash i think in fact you i I, I think i might try to target him like later in you know assuming we have a 2020 season you know later in the season once we've we've kind of got past all the rookie fever and we're uh we're not and uh his his general managers aren't really thinking about about 2021 yet you know i think once we get into that window towards the end of the season then he his value might drip a little bit and that's when i'm going to be looking to pick him up so for that reason i don't think he's going to gain value and i i'm not sure he's going to produce in year one but i am excited about him in 2021 and beyond couldn't agree more fellas how about the cleveland browns they waited to add any skill players in the fourth round though tight end harrison bryant then in the sixth round wide receiver donovan peoples jones out of michigan matt what are your thoughts on these two as a whole? Is there is there anything to get excited about as a dynasty owner? I I think I'm going to call both of these guys trash. You know, I, I kind of want to call them both stash, but I just I just think you're going to be waiting a long time for both of them. Harrison Bryan obviously has you know one more at least one more near year of Najoku ahead of him. Of course, Austin Hooper. Uh, I don't think they're going to be running 13 personnel out there, uh, even with Stefanski. So um, I'm going to call him a, a, a trash just because I think he's going to be a roster clogger player. You're going to be waiting on him forever, not just because of the tight end position and we know it takes long to develop, but also because of the players ahead of him. Uh, and then, you know, DPJ, it seems like there's an opportunity for the wide receiver three role, but uh, I, I wasn't really that excited about him you know, in, in the pre-draft process. So um, if he can get on the field, obviously he has the athleticism to, to make something happen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does on, on special teams and things like that. But uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to call him trash just because I think we're going to be waiting for a while for him as well. Yeah, these two are tough. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to probably agree with Matt. I, I think Harrison Bryant is, is really close to 
that stash category for me. But Matt, you're you're probably right. It's just too long of a wait. Not only the the general uh, time it takes for a tight end to to develop, as you mentioned, but also uh, the competition that he has. This pick did make me think maybe they are considering uh, moving on from David Njoku and uh, trading him. Uh, we see some of those big names get traded uh, as as training camp starts to wind down. So we'll see maybe if that happens. If it does, Bryant certainly moves into the stash category. But for now, I'm going to agree with, with you on both of these guys in that trash category. Yeah, I think so too. And guys, we the three of us all play in a lot of tight end premium leagues. So a lot of us are trying to identify that next late round gem that, that could move up, move up, uh, uh, cheat sheets and, and suddenly be the guy that you want. And Harrison Bryan checks a few of those boxes athletically and, and, and his skill set. but man, the landing spot and, and really the draft capital as well. There there were some out there that thought maybe he could be one of those first three uh, tight ends drafted. He slipped down just a little bit into the third day of the NFL draft. He's being drafted in the fifth round in DLF rookie mocks, uh, sliding all the way to the beginning of the fifth round. Um, so he's pretty much free. I, I'm not stashing him anywhere, even on those those tight end premium leagues. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones was an intriguing one for me. He had that pedigree, was one of them five-star type recruits that never really blossomed at Michigan and and the the lack of quarterback talent may have had something to do with that there wasn't any receivers recently that really played well at Michigan I still think there might be something there he's a fourth round pick in rookie ADP in a super deep league he's a he's a stash he's a guy you want to stick around not any of those contract type leagues or anything like that because production isn't going to be there early in his career he's He's really a low-end stash. If if you have roster space and and you're looking for somebody down the road, end of the bench kind of guy, DPJ could be could could fill that void for you. The last the ne- last team we need to talk about in the N- or AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers guys, and they took a couple of skill players that are on dynasty owners' minds, Ryan, and they started with Chase Claypool doing the Pittsburgh Steeler thing. Taking a quarter, or a, excuse me, a wide receiver in the second round. So, how about Claypool? Stash, cash, or future trash? Yeah, it's just one of those things we can count on every year. They're taking a wide receiver on day three. Uh, there's there's a lot of talk that maybe this has to do with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, their their hesitancy to give him that big contract that he's going to be asking for. So. Uh, maybe this is Juju's last year in Pittsburgh. Uh, again, if that comes to play, uh, then then certainly Claypool would be a player we want to target. Uh, just just with that competition in Pittsburgh, not only with Juju but James Washington, Deontay Johnson as well. Um, they also uh, they add tight ends, or they added tight end Eric Ebron along with Vance McDonald still there. So I think just too many mouths to feed for Claypool this year. Uh, I, I do think he has a chance to gain value, gain dynasty value in the coming year, really whether he produces or not. But that's kind of close. I'm going to call him a stash, but uh, I, I do like Claypool. That 2.11 ADP is a little pricey for me. I'd be more comfortable with him in the early third round. I'm I'm going to call him trash. I just I don't know. I just don't see him as a fit as a fit with that team. We we know the Steelers like to draft 
wide receivers and they're really good at it with Antonio Brown, Juju, Deontay Johnson last year. I don't really think he fits the mold necessarily though of the receivers that they they typically uh acquire and, and, and kind of succeed. You know, I, I blast from the past Lima Swede. Remember that guy? That was that was a big receiver that they drafted too. And I just kind of always like Claypool more as a if he was if he was going to be a tight end. If he was a tight end on the Steelers Forget Eric Ebron, forget Vance Donald. Claypool is probably going to be a cash player for us in year one. But with him on the outside, I'm just I'm not sure. And at that price, like you said, Ryan at two eleven, I'm not I'm not willing to pay that for him to wait. Um, I, I still think James Washington is the second best receiver on that team, despite all the Deontay Johnson love, um, and he's going to play outside too. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he see how he mixes in year one. I do think he's going to probably lose value uh, after after year one, unless unless for some reason we get news in the middle of the season that they're not going to re-sign Juju, then, then at that point, you know, maybe he can gain some value because of that news. Man, that, that seems pretty risky to go to go to trash right away on Claypool, especially considering their history. I wasn't a huge Claypool fan coming into the draft, but that landing spot in the draft equity, Matt, there's there's just something to be said about that general manager and that front office in general drafting wide receivers and making them productive players in that offense. I, I agree with you. I just don't think he's the typical wide receiver that succeeds for them. You know, I, sure. I don't think he fits that mold. And then, you know, Big Ben another year, we might be playing this. Is he going to retire? Is he not again game? And then, you know, I mean, obviously anything can happen at the quarterback situation. There's still players out there. Maybe they bring in Cam Newton. Who knows? But if we go into a season without Roethlisberger and we have Mason Rudolph or uh, probably not Duck Hodges or someone, some unknown. I just, I just don't know. It seems like he's going to be a long wait if he does develop, just because he's so raw at that position too. I mean, I know he's athletically gifted and all that, and the team that drafted him and the landing spot. And I just, I don't know. I, I have a lot of question marks with him. I'm okay. fine calling him a stash, but uh, for me, I'm not going to have any of him. I don't think. I guess I view that, and and I agree with a lot of what you said as far as he's not, he doesn't fit that mold uh, of the wide receivers they've drafted in recent years, but I'm viewing that as kind of a positive thing, at least for his role and his usage uh, that Johnson and Juju and, and Washington are, are all kind of the same guy, right? It's true. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't ever call any of those serious red zone threats. And I think Claypool could be that. So for me, he's because of that, that pushes him closer to cash than he is trash. All right, the Steelers also added running back Anthony McFarland in the fourth round, Ryan. He's another guy that lots of dynasty owners are grabbing in the third round, although his ADP is at the end of the second round. So maybe another guy, these guys back-to-back in DLF ADP, that the the price tag is just just a little bit too high, but still seems like a, another stash player. Yeah, the hype has definitely grown on McFarland recently. I'm still lumping him in with with a lot of those uh, a lot of those potential backup running backs, guys like Darrington Evans and Joshua Kelly and so many others. So uh, honestly, in general, I'm just happy to to wait and and kind of grab whoever falls into that early to mid third round range. As you said, it it has not been uh, McFarland. Typically, he's been climbing, not falling. Uh, but I, I think the situation with him is actually really similar to Claypool. They've got a crowded backfield with James Conner, with Benny Snell, who they drafted a year ago, with uh, Jalen Samuels as well. But McFarland, I think, is is a good mix of of those guys and offers 
that team things that none of the others do, honestly. So uh, I won't be surprised if he ends up as uh, the top backup behind Connor. And, and again, like some of these other players we've talked about, most people are expecting Connor to move on after 2021. So uh, I'm looking at McFarland as a cash play only uh, based on his ability to gain value in the coming, coming year. Oh, Ryan, you always sneak in there. I, I thought for sure you guys would say stash on McFarland, and I was going to sneak in at the end and say, no, nah, he's cash for sure. <laughs> He'll get his opportunities because Connor can't stay on the field for right. sure. Uh, and, and even if he does, there's a role, as you kind of alluded to there, Ryan, for McFarland to, to carve out a role for himself and, and get on the field regularly, even with Connor healthy, which is relatively rare for, for anybody that has watched the Steelers play the last couple of years. Matt, what are your thoughts on McFarland, the price? And then what do you think? Is he a stash or is he cash? I think the price is fine. I think out of those running backs that, that fall in that range, you know, Evans and Kelly and Antonio Gibson sometimes, I think he's my, my least favorite out of those. Um, but I can see him having a role, uh, definitely a different different uh, look than any other running back they have on that roster uh, and probably the most dynamic playmaker of anybody they have in that backfield. So I can see him doing something in, in, in year one. Um, but I think I pref- I think he, like I said, I think he is my least favorite of those, those group of backs there. So I don't know how much I'm going to have of him. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a feature back, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing. So if I can get him in the third round, uh, early third round, I think I'm happy with that. At 212, though, I think I would rather take guys like, like Gibson and Evans and maybe even Joshua Kelly. All right, before we move on to the NFC North, fellas, we need to talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Do you think you are smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here is your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for a smart, elite fantasy football player. There is no off-season in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL player contracts and salaries, then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. Mock drafts are open right now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn, to learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Let's head to the NFC North, guys, because there were a few teams that made made some noise in the NFL draft. But let's start first with the Chicago Bears. Uh, they dipped into the skill positions, Ryan. They started with Cole Komet, first tight end taken early in the second round. Uh, then later added a wide receiver as well, Darnell Mooney. Uh, mostly Komet here. It seems like Mooney's buried on that depth chart, and maybe he carves out some kind of opportunity for himself. But Komet is the interesting one for sure. Man, there's so many tight ends in Chicago. <laughs> Uh, how's he going to get on the field? There's no way you can call him cash, right? He's no. he's a stash at best, and and even that feels risky. Yeah, I'm I'm going stash for him. I believe when they drafted him in the second round, early in the second round, he became their tenth uh, 
tight end on their roster. I think they've cut one since then, I believe. So, yeah, I just I just don't know. Again, going back to how uh, slow or how long it takes tight ends typically to develop, it's hard to call any rookie tight end a, a cash play. Even looking back to last year, comparing the May ADP, startup ADP, of Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, and those are both players dynasty owners are generally excited about they have they have technically lost value according to our dynasty adp they have they've dropped since or dropped from where they were last year at this time uh and it's hard to see a guy like Komet with that crowded depth chart uh and and this offense that we don't have a lot of faith in having more success than those guys so i'll i'll call him a stash play how about you matt you're gonna stick with stash on cole Komet? I, I guess he could be a low end stash. I, I just think you're going to be waiting for a long time for him to, you know, really do, do anything. I just, I, I, those are the players that I don't really want on my roster unless it's a complete rebuild. And I just have ample roster space to, to handle these guys. So I'll call him a low end stash Darnell Moody uh, as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's on the borderline as well. I could see in, in year two trash. once he's probably, he's probably trash. He's probably trash. Um, you know, but it, once uh, Ted, Ted Ginn's not going to be there forever, Riley Ridley's not going to be there forever. So I, I do think that he could fill in as a wide receiver three role, kind of like Taylor Gabriel did a little bit, a little bit of the same speed element to the game, uh, a little bit different, I think, than Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are obviously the one and two there. So I, I could see him being a stash, but it's pretty unlikely, I think. How about the Detroit Lions, fellas? A couple players worth mentioning, or, or a few, really. They they dipped into that, that pool of running backs and wide receivers three times in the NFL draft, and they did it early with DeAndre Swift, Matt. Uh, second round, early in the second round, they picked Swift. He has a rookie ADP, according to DLF, of fourth overall in these rookie drafts um pretty exciting player but there's there's depth chart issues there of course what do you think of swift and his upside are you are you willing to go cash with him or or is he stashed because of carry on johnson yeah i think he's a cash player i think he's both going to produce in year one and probably will gain value as well uh, I, I i'm on record saying i am worried about the carry on johnson situation a little bit um, but I do think he's going to do enough to to produce there. Clearly, they want to they wanted him and they want to use him. And um, I think he's going to be involved in some aspect of, of it. If he's not, even if he's not like the lead back, which he probably is going to be the lead back. But even if he's not, I still think he's going to produce for us in year one. Um, and I think it will certainly gain value from year one to two. I totally agree. I think Swift is a cash player. Um, his value is actually. Uh, kind of questionable. Dan mentioned the 1.04 rookie ADP, but I've seen plenty of uh, drafts where he has fallen uh, to the fifth spot behind Cam Akers or even uh, even lower than that sometimes when the wide receivers jump up ahead of him. In our June startup ADP, Cam Akers is also being drafted uh, about half a round ahead of Swift there as well. So there's concern. I don't know if it's about the Lions situation in general, about the competition from Carrion Johnson. But, but there's certainly some uh, some hesitancy about DeAndre Swift as a dynasty asset, and I think we should be taking advantage of that. Yeah, there's a buying window for sure in these rookie auctions that, that we're, we're kind of seeing happen throughout the dynasty community. That's when you really see 
it's rare that you see a, a big bidding war on, on a guy like Swift and maybe even in startup auctions. Uh, he's one of the players that I, I've, I've noticed that it seems like his value creeps up and doesn't necessarily take off like some of these other rookie running backs. So I like what you said there, Ryan, there's a buying opportunity, uh, certainly a chance for dynasty owners to take advantage of, of maybe the, the uncertainty surrounding Swift in that landing spot. Uh, the Lions went back to wide receiver uh, or two wide receiver in the fifth round. They added Wisconsin wide receiver, Matt Quintez Cephas, a guy that you've uh, mentioned that you kind of like as a, a long-term asset, a guy you're willing to stash. I imagine you haven't come off of that. No. And, you know, based on the part of our definition about gaining value from year one to year two, I, I think he could be a cash player. Uh, you know, we have Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, obviously. Um, I think Marvin Jones, you know, there's a potential that he's not there next year. And I'm not worried about Danny Amendola. I'm not worried about Geronimo Allison. So I think there's a chance that he, uh, you know, at least produces in the touchdown department in in year one. And even if he doesn't, I don't think those other two guys are necessarily going to be there in in year in year two for him. So I'm he's on the borderline of stash and cash. It, 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 I think for just to be on record, I'll call him stash. But I could definitely see a scenario where he does end up as a cash player. Yeah, I could see it too. I'm going to call him a stash as well. He's got a little bit of that Anquan Bolden feel. A little bit of that. Maybe maybe he can make plays down the f- field even without that the blazing speed that you expect. Uh, Ryan, how about you? What do you think of Cephas? Yeah, I think he's cash as well, and and I do think he can uh, can gain quite a bit of dynasty value in the coming year. Uh, like Matt said, the the guys in front of him being really just either average or old uh, looking at Marvin Jones, Geronimo Allison, they bring in this year and they bring back Danny Amendola, not really worried about any of those guys. I, I think I talked about it uh, following the combine, but got the chance to go this year. And uh, the lions first round pick the third overall pick Jeff Okuda from Ohio state uh, got the chance to listen in as he was being interviewed. And, and he was asked about which wide receiver was the toughest uh, toughest cover for him throughout his college career. And it was his new teammate. It was Cephas that he mentioned, uh, which is a pretty, pretty uh, telling considering the schedule that Ohio state played during, uh, during Okuda's time there. So I absolutely think Cephas is a steal. He's, he's going in the mid fourth round, which is pretty crazy. I'm, I'm looking at him as early as mid third. Agree. Absolutely. I have him on a handful of teams and, and I'm just, I'm just stashing him for now, waiting, waiting to see if he gets that opportunity uh, as as the his rookie season progresses. One one more player that that maybe is another stash for the Detroit Lions. Ryan, uh, they went back to running back in the fifth round. Jason Huntley, late in the fifth round, he has a real low rookie ADP, and he's a guy that seems like if, if you're in a deep enough league and you're willing to take flyers on running backs, he's a nice little stash play in Detroit. Yeah, I really wish Huntley had landed uh, just, just with another team where he maybe would get a little bit more of an opportunity. But uh, an undersized guy, super fast, uh, good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, we'll see if he can find a role, but uh, totally agree with you. If, if your league is deep enough, He's going late in the fifth round, which, as we've said before, pretty much means he's going undrafted in most uh, in most leagues. But if your league is deep enough, 30-man rosters or more, 
I would, I'd find a spot for Jason Huntley. Yep. I agree. Absolute stash player, uh, crowded depth chart clearly, but you know, I think he's definitely faster than both of those two running backs ahead of him. So, you know, he has a chance to make some, some, st- some splash plays. Um, so I think he's definitely a stash. All right. The, the agenda says we should talk Packers, but I, I think we'll save that for last because Matt's going to have some intriguing opinions on that one. Let's talk about the Vikings first. Uh, This is a fun one. Justin Jefferson, there's definitely a need there. There's a path to being on the field immediately uh, and and a role to being an instant producer. So it feels like Justin Jefferson, Matt, could be a cash player, first-round pick, draft capital. He slides to, you know, he's a nice value in the mid to late first round of rookie drafts at the 1.08. What are your thoughts on Jefferson in Minnesota and his upside? Is is he a cash player? Is he moving up in the next year? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to get the volume, if nothing else. I mean, after Adam Thielen, he's he's really the only answer at wide receiver. There's really no one else that we care about. And maybe you're interested in some Courtney Davis or something like that. But you know, after those two top receivers, it's it's the tight ends. It's it's Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. So depending on how they de- deploy those guys, um, I, I do think the interesting thing is is how they will use him because i i do think he's primarily if not uh you know solely a slot player and adam thielen has always done the most most of his work most of his most successful work out of the slot so it'll be interesting how they play those guys out it, it does seem like thielen will be the one that's ki- going to be kicked outside um especially as a rookie there jefferson is going to want to stay in the role where he's comfortable so i think he's easily going to see enough volume there to be a cash in year one i think he's a cash play as well but uh more about what I expect from his production than his current dynasty value, because he's already being drafted as a, uh, as a mid fifth rounder. Uh, ironically, he's going right behind Adam Thielen. Uh, I'd rather have Jefferson than Thielen already, but, uh, that's not what our ADP data says. So, uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to gain a ton of value in the coming year, uh, based on that fifth round ADP, the 1.08, Rookie ADP looks really nice, though. He's he's a pretty easy pick at 108, 109 range. Uh, so I'll call Justin Jefferson a cash play. The Vikings added another wide receiver in the fifth round, K.J. Osborne out of Miami, I think. He's going undrafted in, in DLF rookie mocks. Uh, you know, really not a guy that you see pop up very often, Ryan. Is there anything about K.J. Osborne, especially considering – the lack of depth in Minnesota that makes you intrigued at all? Yeah, that that's really the only reason I would be looking at him. I have uh, I have added him to some rosters uh, in some of those deep leagues we were talking about where, where we do have more than 30 players. Uh, but honestly, I'm not even optimistic he makes my uh, my week one final roster. So at, at best, a stash play. Yeah, I think he's a special teams player in, in the NFL, so I'll, I'll call him stash. Yeah, Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley was added at quarterback as well. I'm guessing we're going trash then. <laughs> yeah, 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 trash. Yeah, we'll, we'll pass on Stanley. All right, how about the Packers, Matt? We got to know Jordan Love, first round pick. Uh, he's sliding all the way into the fourth round in DLF rookie mocks. The Packers have another project quarterback. Let's hear it. What is he? I mean. You guys know my opinion on this. I, I I think in Superflex League, he's probably a stash, but you're just going to be waiting so long unless 
we get into a situation where the Packers want to treat Rodgers like Favre and, and move on from him in a, in a trade, I think at a, at a minimum he's he's going to be waiting for two years unless there's an injury happens or a trade happens. So at that point, like I just unless it's a super deep roster, I'm in a rebuild. I just don't really want him on my team. I think we're just waiting too long. So in a one quarterback league, I'm definitely calling him trash in a super flex. I, I, I'll bump him up to a low end stash, I guess. Man, uh, as as I was looking at these <laughs> players today, Jordan Love in the first round. Uh, we'll get to the other guys, but you uh, you already know the names. It just hits me. They should have taken Jordan Love in the second yeah. round, and and AJ Dillon in the third round, and Degora in the seventh round. That you would have <laughs> you would have felt a lot better about those picks if the if the numbers beside their names uh, were a little different, but. Uh, it, it, it certainly is concerning when you put Jordan Love on your team and you you know you're, I mean, barring something crazy, you know you're not going to get to use him this year. Uh, you might not get to use him in 2021. And Is your league going to still be around after that? Right. We talk a lot about, <laughs> we talk a lot about three-year windows or some people even like to talk about five-year windows in, in dynasty team planning. That's that's just not realistic, it, and it doesn't really happen. Even even the people that say that, they don't they don't play that way. So we're going to see Jordan Love hitting waiver wires unless unless Aaron Rodgers has a serious injury. Jordan Love is going to be on waiver wires in a lot of leagues, uh, just as Aaron Rodgers was uh, fifteen years ago or so. Um, so I I think I have to agree with Matt. He's he's trash. It it does seem though like if he had gone in the second round instead of the first, like maybe we'd have a different opinion of the pick. You know, it's just just like with Jalen Hurts, like people hated that pick for Philly, but it was a second round pick. It wasn't a first round pick. I don't mind it as much as take taking that kind of kind of future asset. You know, uh, but using that first round pick was just a dagger. Yeah, and, and trading up for it on top. Yeah, of it. yeah. I mean, it's it obviously hurts you all. It hurts Packers fans. I don't think it would. I don't think it would really impact the value uh, Jordan loves dynasty value. If no. he was a second rounder instead of a first it, that's, that's fair. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned that he's going to hit waiver wires. You're, you're plugged in. You, you watch a lot of these, le- you're in a lot of leagues. You watch a lot of movement. What percentage of, of Jordan love will be owned by the same player, the same owner that, that drafted Jordan love in three years. Oh, less than half for sure. Way less, less than, than half, that. maybe ten percent. It it yeah. could be it could be massively low. I you know I will say if Jordan Love, they obviously saw Jordan Love as an elite asset in the draft to move up for him on top of taking him in the first round with so many other needs. If they're right, they're brilliant. They're they're the best. He, he's going before Quentin Cephas, you guys. Like I I just I just can't. I don't know. Well, again, he he's a fourth rounder in our in our MFL ADP, and that's like I said earlier, pulling from uh, well over five hundred actual rookie drafts. So uh, this is a huge sample size that says he's falling to the fourth round in one quarterback leagues. And I don't know about you guys, but fourth round is uh, those are not players I'm counting on staying on my roster. I want to see. I want to see some immediate production or at least immediate, News. you know, hope or upside. <laughs> <Blurbs>. right. <laughs> I want to see something that, that says I should keep them on my roster rather than grabbing 
uh, a backup quarterback or, or somebody that I might need. Yeah, you're just not going to get any clarity on him after year one. You're going to be like, what am I going to do? Whereas if it's a wide receiver running back in that range, he doesn't do anything, easy cut, right? But I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me in, in one quarterback leagues at all. Luckily, Matt, things got way better <laughs> for the Packers. In round two, <laughs> they went to A.J. Dillon late in the second round. Uh, he's been kind of moving up draft boards it seems like there there are dynasty owners out there that really like aj Dillon and his upside matt uh, especially considering the contract uh situation for aaron jones what do you think of Dillon? he he ain't trash right i guess not i guess he i guess he's oh man you almost did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you talk me talk me out of it dan no i i I understand picking him where he's going it, it looks like he's going at like the 19th pick after those that, that big group of wide receivers but still ahead of LaVisca Chenault which I would rather have still ahead of Zach Moss who I'd rather have still ahead of Brian Edwards who I'd really rather have I, I think I might even we're getting a little cute with it I guess at this point but I might even rather have Antonio Gibson ahead of him you know maybe Anthony McFarlane we took, talked about earlier I don't know I just don't see any PPR upside there, I think he's going to be a completely touchdown-dependent, two-down player. And in year one, maybe he takes a bunch of touchdowns away from from Aaron Jones, and that's how he gains some value. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it with him. The athletic upside is obviously there, but I don't think he's going to be a, a running back that I want on my dynasty teams. Ryan, Matt is jaded. He's a probably, jaded Packer probably. fan. Call A.J. Dillon what he is. He is a stash play for sure, uh, and I think he's potentially a cash play. He's cash. I really do think he's cash. <laughs> well, it it all comes down to it all comes down to Aaron Jones and his contract status, and I don't I don't have any insight on that. I I think it's spending a second round pick on a running back certainly tells me pretty they, clear sign. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe he's he has a route to being cash play. He Let's does say that. Yeah, I think he's cash. I think he's going to get that that goal line work. There's going to be production in year one. That'll create the production. And then when Aaron Jones leaves in free agency for on a contract that probably isn't going to be the type of contract that Aaron Jones wants, Dylan's going to be a guy moving up draft boards, and, and his ADP number is going to skyrocket from where it is right now. So I see why he's moving up rookie ADP, creeping up from time to time. Uh, you see him go early in the second round. I don't think we've ever seen him go in the first round of any any rookie drafts, but uh, certainly in the first handful of picks in the second round. And that's why, because the, the Packers want to run the ball, and A.J. Dillon, especially inside the five-yard line, and it, it appears that A.J. Dillon's going to be the guy to handle those carries. Uh, the Packers also added Josiah DeGura in the third round. Uh, he's kind of a fullback, so I didn't, uh, you know, it, he's a he's move Kyle guy. Kyle Juszczyk. They, he, Kyle, well, I hope he's Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> if that's true, then maybe that's a good pick, too, because Juszczyk can, can, uh, can open up a running lane for a guy like A.J. Dillon. Uh, is there anything here, any reason to stash him, Ryan? Man, if you're in a tight end premium league, his Stop. ADP is, again, his ADP is 512. Uh, he did show so out free. at the combine. <laughs> he, yeah, he's free. Like like we've talked about, going undrafted in most leagues. He had a really impressive combine. Super athletic guy. Yeah, if he's Kyle Juszczyk, he's he's certainly worth a roster spot. But yeah, I'll still say trash. Matt, come on. 
<laughs> he's he's garbage. He's, he's garbage. Are you really? I mean, I don't know, Ryan. I, I'm not using a roster spot on even like maybe like a 40 man roster. Maybe we get into an IDP <laughs> league where there's a hundred roster spots in one of like Sticky's leagues or something. But uh, I, I I don't see it for fantasy. I think it's it's obviously Jay Sternberger's job. If for some reason he fails miserably, I still probably don't think it's going to be Degora. What what's Jay Sternberger, Matt? What is cash Jay? Stash. He's I think he's cash. He's cash. I think he's okay. cash. All right, you you have a little bit of positivity towards towards the green and yellow. <laughs> yeah, for players currently on the roster, I have I have some. I guess these guys are <laughs> currently on the roster. I let me rephrase: players that were on the roster last season, I have some love for. All right. Not Jordan. I think love. we identified a little bit of cash here. We we did okay. Uh, there certainly are some good players in the AFC and NFC North, some guys we're excited about, some guys that lots of dynasty owners out there are excited about. Ryan, we started the episode talking about how, how football is hopefully getting closer. Uh, any final thoughts? Are you positive? Are you going to try to stay positive about, about football happening in 2020? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confident there's going to be a season, but it's still... Oh, it just feels like it's too far away. Yeah, it's just too far away. And, oh, well, then and, everything's normal because that's how you are in June always. That's true. That's true. And, <laughs> and again, we have plenty to do. We've got startup drafts. We've got auctions. We've got mocks. We've got everything going on. So uh, our our time will will hopefully pass quickly. Yeah, no doubt. Matt, we're inching closer, but but uh, still a long ways away. We got we got startup auctions and like the one Red List 3 that's right around the corner that's keeping us busy. Yeah, Red List 3 starting up uh, in a couple of days. Probably by time by time you listen to this, it'll be it'll be rolling. Um, and I just want to say... We are vampires. We are, we are vampires. And I do want to give a shout out to those guys real quick in that league. We have already raised over $1,000 for wildlife conservation. We had the species draft uh, last week and people were donating money like crazy to move up to take the, play, the team that they wanted to play for uh tommy redgrave uh he paid 150 dollars so he could move up and play for the asian elephant team so uh and then you know previously when we had the vampire auction for that last spot again ben burge paid 500 dollars for the right to play as the third vampire so a lot of generous generous folks in that league uh doing amazing things and uh, i can't tell you guys how thankful i am for for you guys playing in this league with me and all that goes to wildlife conservation as you mentioned something you're you're very uh, is very important to you matt yes sir all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, that And that actually does it for this series. We're going to start something new, I guess, next week. We did all our rookie stash cash and future trash. Uh, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Hey, real quick, uh, we can insert a, a quick mini uh, mini DGN game here, real quick. Can you guys you guys want to bet how many how many tight ends you can name of the nine that are still on the roster? I know two. <laughs> Brian, can you uh, name more than two? Uh, yeah, I think I can. Let's I do think it. I can name three. Oh, I, I think I can name three. I, is, oh, we got Ronald here. Four. Do I hear four? Right? Don't give away names, Dan. Oh, okay. I, I said three. You have to you have to go higher. I don't think I can go higher. I can't think of the fourth one. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, 
and I think Ben Broniker is still there. It's true. Yeah, he that's is. how about that's I, the third one. The fourth, I thought of. fourth one, Adam Shaheen. Come on, guys. Oh, oh yeah. that's embarrassing. <laughs> Demetrius that's Harris bad. is also there. JP Holtz. Okay. Jesper Horstead. Remember Eric? Mem- remember remember Eric Saubert? Nope. <laughs> I think he was uh, an Atlanta tight end for a little while, small school guy, and then uh, Darian Clark, whoever that is. So there you go. Nine tight ends for Chicago. That was Terrible. too much fun, Matt. <laughs> uh, That's getting cut. <laughs> That's fair. 